This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon, you're listening to Live and Learn with me, Dashran Johan. MRT Malaysia's recent announcement of introducing women-only coaches to their trains as a method to address sexual harassment and assault has sparked heated debate online. Many have welcomed and celebrated the move, but there are also many others who criticise it. There are, of course, regressive comments by some men who are saying things like, women always talk about equality but want special treatment. But it's not just those kind of comments because there are arguments by women themselves who wonder if this move is disempowering and protectionist and places the onus or responsibility on women to take specific measures to prevent sexual harassment than on the would-be perpetrators themselves. So loads to unpack here. Joining me on the show to do exactly that is Daniela Zulkifli. She's the president of Association of Women Lawyers. Welcome to the show, Danny. Hi, Nishan. Thanks. So let's start from the top. Um, What are your thoughts on the introduction of women's coaches at MRTs? I think it's a a great first step um, in creating a safer place for women to travel on public transport. So I think it's a commendable effort by the authorities. You say it's a commendable um, effort. Why so? Why? What's the importance of introducing women's coaches? What was the problem? And why is this seen as a potential solution? Well, the, the idea behind introducing women's only coaches is actually to alleviate the issue of sexual harassment and sexual assault against women. Now, we know um, there have been several um, surveys in the past. For example, YouGov survey in, in the KPWKM um, the Ministry of Women, Family and Community Development had a poll sometime in 2019 that shows that sexual harassment in Malaysia happens most in public spaces, workplace and educational institutions. So public transports would, would fall under that, public spaces. Um, and there were also um, surveys by the Centre for Governance and Political Studies in collaboration with AWAM, All Women Section Society, in 2021, um, where they looked at you know how safe do Malaysian women feel and one of the questions was when asked whether they have had to change their travel routes or routines due to fear of being sexually harassed, 71% um, of people actually said yes. You know, they had to change their routines and all that because they were afraid of being sexually harassed. Mm. Um, so, you know, and, and a women's only coach acts or, or is intended to act as a safe space for women in that it allows women that choice. Um, but having said that, it shouldn't be treated as the sole solution to the problem. Right. Um, just to be clear, this isn't the first attempt at women's only coaches, right? Um, we've had women's only coaches at the KTM since 2010. We've also had um, women's parking spots and at shopping malls. What do you think is the reason why this particular um, announcement? Um, or this particular move has has you know sparked just such um, um, heated online debates. You're right. This isn't the first time that special mm. spaces are made to help women feel safer. Um, and and I don't think that this is the first time that people are debating it either. Right? right. This has been going on for some time. And and you know obviously we are we are also not the only ones to introduce this sort of measure. Mm-hmm. Um, other people have tried it in other countries. Um, and you know it, it it's a bit of a protectionist approach, sure. Um, but, you know, it, it's it's meant to be something that is temporary and, and not like the, not like a sole solution or a permanent solution. 
So one of the arguments um, that have been made um, against um, this move is that this is segregation akin to cinemas in Kelantan where, um, you know, women and men are, you know, by law, um, you know, put in separate sections of the cinema. They, they can't sit together and things like that. How would you respond? I, is it a similar situation? I, I don't think so. I, I think mm-hmm. the key point here is that when, like, like let's say, let's, let's, you know, if we look at the segregation of women and men in the cinemas, that, that's more of like a permanent solution. Right. And the idea of gender segregation there, for example, um, is actually based on the thinking that men and women should not be mingling. Right. And it also stems from the idea that women are responsible for acts of violence committed against them, as in, mm-hmm. you know, how you dress, how you how you um, behave and all that. But what we want, however, is that we, we want to put in a place of measure or a um, measure that will create a safe space while we also take steps to achieve a safe environment. And, you know, at some point, this this um, idea of like introducing separate coaches for women, we have to phase it out. Right. So before we talk about that, that phasing it out, because I think that's very important, um, there is also this aspect, right, when we, do, when we talk about segregation or, or mandated mm-hmm. sort of segregation versus safe spaces, and in the sense that if women want to take the regular coaches, for example, they are with their partner or, or friends, or even if they are alone, they can take the regular coaches if they want. But these um, women's um, only coaches are, are sort of additional safe spaces for women. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't mean that like, okay, you know, women sit in here and then men sit in there. Um, it It's actually an option, right? But, you know, just because you decide not to sit in a women's only course, it doesn't mean that you're asking for it either. Right. Right. Um, so I, I think we need to be clear about that. Right. Um, it's basically just saying, hey, you know, there's, there's this um, special coach that you can use if you, you know, as, as like a refuge. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so that you don't have to think about, uh, you know, uh, being harassed or assaulted, you know, while you're trying to get, you know, to and fro from from your place of work or wherever it is that you are going. So this, like you mentioned, is not something that is... Um, that Malaysia came up with. Uh, many countries have attempted it. Many cities around the world have, have done so um, to varying degrees of success. Um, let's look at success stories first. Can you share some examples of other countries where women's coaches have been successfully implemented? And what are the key factors contributing to this policy success? I, I think when we say success, mm-hmm. um, it's it's important to to again, you know, go back to the idea that this is not meant to be the only um, the only solution and the permanent solution um, mm-hmm. in addressing sexual harassment or assault. Right. Um, where these policies have been implemented, um, in and for example, in India or Japan or Egypt or Indonesia, there have been reports of people feeling safer. Right. You know, um, and women's only coaches because they, you know, they they feel like okay, um, uh, you know, this, I I feel, I feel safer when when I'm in a women's only coach. Mm. But there have also been reports where, like for example, and I think in Brazil and Mexico, where um, enforcement is weak, um, or like people actually ignore the mm. idea of women's only coaches. So you actually have everybody's, you know. <laughs> Um, sitting in 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 supposed women's only coaches, um, and 
the what we need to what we need to understand is that when we say success, it just basically means that women feel safe, safer for now, but we need to actually take steps to ensure that um, everyone at some point feels safe when they're traveling, when they're in public spaces, private spaces, and all that. Um, so, so I wouldn't call it success, success in the sense that like, okay, you know, we can now um, clap and say, okay, we're done. We've, we've right. introduced women's only coaches. <laughs> um, everybody should be happy now. That's not it. That's not what we're trying to, to get to. So you mentioned uh, a couple of countries where implementation perhaps have not been so successful. What lessons can Malaysia learn from these countries, um, countries that have faced challenges in implementing women's coaches? And how can these challenges be addressed proactively? Well, the main challenge is, is basically one is enforcement. Um, mm. The other is actually that people actually believe um, in, or, or, or allow women that safe space. Um, so that's one, you know, while we're actually, why we actually have this in place, we should allow the women that safe space, um, you know, let's, let's respect that and, and not have, um, men also sit on women's only coaches because that actually defeats the purpose. Right. But having, having said that, um, you know, that, that idea that you should not harass or you should not assault anyone um, that's not just an idea where, you know, um, in, in that only applies to one place, right? It's mm -hmm. not just in public transport. It's not just in that particular coach. That should be something that is practiced in all areas so that you have a safe environment everywhere. Um, and, and education and awareness plays an important part here, um, as well as enforcement. Um, and, and, and I think, you know, um, sometime, um, last year, the Anti-Sexual Harassment Act was also introduced, mm -hmm. um, but you know some of the some of the provisions under the Act have not actually been enforced yet, um, and the tribunal is also you know in the midst of you know um, being um, established. So we need to get that up and running. We need to give um, survivors an avenue um, to actually go somewhere and say, hey, you know, I've been sexually harassed or assaulted, um, and I don't feel safe, you know. Um, what are the authorities doing to actually address that rather than just to say, okay, um, sit here and you won't be, you, you, you know, you won't be um, harassed. That, mm. that's, that's, that's a key thing, I feel. On the show with me today is Daniela Zulkifli. She's the president of the Association of Women Lawyers. We continue this discussion after the break. Keep it here on Live and Learn, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Live and Learn. I'm Dashan Johan. And on the show with me today is Daniela Zulkifli. She's the president of the Association of Women Lawyers. And we're talking about the introduction of women's only coaches on MRTs. So, Danny, earlier you mentioned that, you know, this policy or this approach is a bit of a protectionist approach. So, how do we ensure that women's coaches do not inevitably um, reinforce gender stereotypes or segregate women from the general population? Because just like with clothing, we say it doesn't matter if a woman is, is wearing a bikini or covered from top to bottom or wearing a hijab or, or traditional clothing or anything. Nothing justifies sexual harassment or assault. And men 
need to be better, right? That's empowering as the onus is solely placed on the perpetrator. The women's only coach could be seen as a, a sort of counter approach where we are providing a safe or safer avenue for women without addressing the root causes of sexual harassment or assault. How do you um, see this? How do you respond to this? I mean, to say that it is a counter approach is, is you know, a bit of a stretch. Mm. Like, let, let's be clear here, right? Mm-hmm. Victim blaming is in no way acceptable. Right. Um, and we must encourage people to be able to report crimes com- committed against them. We must ensure that public transport operators and authorities, including the police, must take steps to to um, tackle the problem. Mm-hmm. It it doesn't mean that introducing women's only coaches doesn't mean that um, you know that women should should try to avoid you know um, in inverted commas um, being assaulted or being harassed. Right. It, we still need to let everyone be aware and and um, and educated about the idea of respect of the idea of mutual consent, um, the idea or, or you know what what are the causes um, of gender based violence, um, and and I think when we talk about this um, carriages as as like a temporary measure, I, I think it's important also to look at the convention for the elimination of all forms of discrimination against women, or CEDAW for short. Mm-hmm. Um, and Article Four under the CEDAW actually says that you know state parties. Malaysia is, right, mm-hmm. um, have to put temporary special measures to accelerate de facto equality between men and women. Um, and it's, you know, women enjoying freedom from violence is, you know, one of that um, goal. And, you know, it must be discontinued when the desired results have been achieved and sustained for a period of time, right? Mm-hmm. So we need to look at it. Um, and I think this is also considered as like an experiment, you know, um, we have to have an, an an impact assessment and see whether it's really effective, whether people actually feel safe, whether um, you know cases have have gone down, whether uh, whether we need to continue or not to continue. You know, having uh, women's only carriages. Can we phase it out and say, hey, you know, um, I feel safe, and it doesn't matter whether I'm a man or woman um, or any other gender. I feel safe when I'm traveling. I feel safe when I'm in public or private spaces. Danny, how would you respond to people who argue that, you know, I thought women wanted equality. Um, isn't this, you know, um, you know, not, you know, but by, by, by doing this, isn't this quote unquote special treatment um, where you're saying that, you know, there are certain problems. So now here's a special coach, um, you know, women should be protected um, and, and so on and so forth. Um, isn't that going a- against the principle of equality? How would you respond to these types of arguments? So again, I want to go back to that temporary special measure thing. Mm-hmm. It, it's, you know, while um, it's it's something that is introduced to basically accelerate inequality and to eliminate violence, mm-hmm. it is it, it's exactly that. It's meant to be temporary, and we know that sexual harassment and other forms of gender-based violence affects both, you know, or affects men and women. Right. But oftentimes, majority of victims are women. This doesn't in any way mean that men don't have the right to feel safe, right? Mm-hmm. It still means that, you know, if there are cases, it still needs to be reported. It still means that we need to respect one another. It still means that we need to be aware of what we're doing. And the government needs to have a long-term plan 
to eliminate sexual harassment and, and assault to ensure that everyone, regardless of gender, feels safe. Is there also a, a reframing that needs to happen? And, and I think, I, again, I think many men are in support of this move as well. But do men also need to reframe their thinking? Because a lot of times what I realised is whenever there are certain certain policies or ideas, right? Um, menstrual leave, now with these women's only cultures, um, what men tend to respond is by saying, do you think men uh, don't get affected by X, Y, and Z? Do you think uh, men don't get, in this case, get groped on the train? So why do women get special treatment? You know, and, and, and the approach is to attack women's rights groups, feminists, who have worked so hard to push for these progressive policies that are, you know, meant on levelling the, the playing field a little bit, that are meant to, to create a safer environment for women. Instead, what men should be doing is joining this gender equality movement, the feminist movements, the women's rights movements, and learn from them, join with them and say, so how can we work together to make it a safer environment for everybody so you already have these women's coaches. What can we do together next? Uh, maybe we, we have, for example, um, more CCTVs around the MRT areas. Could that um, help men feel safe, even safer as well? Um, could we push together with the women's rights groups, with the feminists, um, push for more trained coaches, period, so there isn't this over-congestion on the trains. If certain things happen to me, how can I join the movement to make trains safer for everyone? Yeah, no, I think you're spot on, right? What you said is 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 exactly that. Um, I, I think we should move that focus from saying, oh, you know, how come you get a special uh, women's only coaches and I don't uh, and, and things like that to let's together work on on ensuring that everyone feels um, safe, right? Mm-hmm. That 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 the environment is such where you don't have to be fearful where you're going. Um, and how, what steps can I take um, as as an individual to help um, tackle this issue? You know, rather than like you said, attacking you know a certain group. I'm also wondering how you see this move in comparison to some other progressive countries. Um, which are taking completely different steps and approaches. For example, Taiwan is moving towards um, having gender-neutral bathrooms, even. I, I mean, like I said, right, um, the, same, the, same, the same argument goes here. It's not meant to be a permanent solution, as mm-hmm. in to say, okay, you know, um, our, our work is done. Um, that's, that's not what we're trying to get to at mm-hmm. all, right? Um, um, sure, you know, the, the idea of having gender-neutral bathrooms is very progressive and all that. But um, first, what we need to do is actually to ensure that um, that people don't don't have to be afraid that, you know, or, and, and that if they are harassed, that they are not blamed for it. Um, and we need to address the root cause, uh, which is actually power imbalance um, and also objectification. Um, of women, so and we need to deal with that while we also try to do, you know, low hanging fruit sort of efforts like 
introducing women's only coaches. So what role should education and awareness campaigns play in supporting the success of not just women's coaches, this, this particular experiment, but also addressing cultural attitudes towards women and women's safety? So while it's important to actually allow um, women that safe space, mm-hmm. as in allow them to sit in women's only coaches if they want, right? Mm-hmm. The focus should be on educating people across all genders, um, you know, about consent, um, about mutual respect, um, understanding um, gender-based violence, um, stopping or, or, or not victim blaming and making sure that, you know, sexual harassment or sexual assault are not tolerated. Um, and that means we need to work together to ensure that it doesn't happen. And if you witness something, you should actually speak up and interrupt, right? And, and this needs to happen in parallel and not just something that we say, okay, you know, let's think about it later. Um, let's do this now. Um, I, I, I think we need to start doing this now so that, you know, at some point we can say, hey, we don't need this women's only coaches anymore, mm-hmm. right? Um, we know that enforcement is 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 in order that, you know, um, that if you do experience something, someone will speak up for you. Someone will actually um, help you or assist you. Um, and and preferably that you don't actually experience it at all. Um, and when we get to that stage, that's that, that would be great, right? It's just that it's, it's not going to be an overnight, um, you know, effort. It's not going to be something that like, you know, today you introduce it, tomorrow you're going to be... Uh, you're going to be okay, right? right. Um, it, it takes time um, and it takes um, sustained effort and it needs everybody's participation, not just the government, but also, you know, society as a whole, um, whether you're in, um, you know, private sphere or public sphere. So I've got a couple of follow-ups to that, right? Um, how do we evaluate um, two things? How do we evaluate whether, because... Um, this uh, MRT coach or women's coach thing is is um, announced as sort of an experiment. How do we evaluate whether the experiment is working? What are the markers we should keep an eye on? And on the flip side, how do we know? Because um, like you've, you've stressed a cu- couple of times on the show that this is a temporary measure, right? Um, mm-hmm. Eventually, you want to phase this out. How do we know where we have arrived at a point in time where we are ready to phase out measures like this? I think what we can start with is actually with statistics, hmm. right? Um, and and we need to make a, an, an impact assessment. Right. Um, so let's say I don't know one 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 or two years from now. Let's see, you know, um, if you run a poll, for example, do people feel safer? Do do people actually want to be in women's only coaches? Do they actually use it? Do do they feel that it it's helpful? Hmm. Um, do we need to continue having it? Um, and, and, you know, like the debate that is happening now, we need to continue having that, right? Um, and I think it's good. I, I think it's good that people are actually talking about it and saying, hey, you know, um, why, are we, why are we only doing this? Um, and they're right, actually. This, is, this isn't the only thing or the, or the sole solution um, that we need to take. Um, it needs to be a continuous sort of approach. Um, and it will take time. I can't say, you know, how long that will take, right? Mm-hmm. We, we don't know. Right. Um, but we shouldn't just, at the same time, we shouldn't just focus our efforts on the coach segregation, but rather the overall effort to eliminate um, sexual harassment or assault. Um, and that, you know, be it in terms of enforcement or in terms of raising awareness um, so that, you know, 
once we can see that there has been an improvement, then we can say, hey, okay, um, we don't need this anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's the goal that we should work towards. And before we wrap this conversation up, Danny, would you have a final message for us? I mean, to, to wrap it up, I think it, mm-hmm. while it's a good, um, it's a good start, right? Um, with, to, to, to introduce women to only coaches. And, and again, it's not the first time that we're doing this. We mm-hmm. really need to ensure that this isn't the end of the story. Right. Um, and we all have to play a part here so that in the end, no one would have to be fearful or worried, you know, uh, about getting anywhere, you know, whether that's in, whether that's at work, whether that's in public spaces, whether that's in, you know, in schools or whatever. Um, and, and, you know, this is just step one because it's the easiest thing, easiest thing to do. Right. Um, and, and we cannot just stop there. Danny, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. That was Daniela Zulkifli, President of the Association of Women Lawyers. If you missed any part of the conversation, you can also find us on podcasts. We're available on the BFM app, bfm.my, Spotify, Apple, or pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Dashan Johan, and this has been Live and Learn, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.